you've heard me talk about it before, and I'm truly not joking. I'm being 100% genuine. I love Doc Spartan products. I use it every day. I talk about the Sex Panther beard bomb. That's literally what is in my beard right now. And I use all of the scrubs, my favorite being the coffee scrub, just in the shower, gives you the tingles, gives you the feels. I love it. And there's so many other great products. I use their deodorant. I've used their hand care when I've had tears. Just check them out. It's veteran owned, you know, guy that was in the military serving our country, Dale. I got to know him over the years and he's just a great dude. And I started buying his products and he reached out to me and said, hey, we want to support the show and we appreciate it. And I just want you guys to not only support Doc Spartan and Dale, but also reap the benefits. If you want to be sexy like me, then you want to check out Doc Spartan products, 15% off with the code best hour. That's best hour for 15% off anything at their website, docspartan.com. Check out the coffee scrub and definitely check out the beard balm. And ladies, there's stuff for you too. So head on over to docspartan.com, use the code best hour and save 15%. We are here because we are dedicated to helping the entire CrossFit community. Determined to elevate coaches, box owners, athletes, and everything in between, we believe that this mission will begin right here, right now. While this time and this goal begins with you, our hope is that you take this fire ignited within you and weave it into your own life with the same unrelenting passion to give those you have the privilege of coming in contact with the best hour of their day. Fern, you haven't asked me because you don't care, but. I don't know why I just had the, uh, what was the, there's a scene from a movie where it's just like, let me ask you a question. Wait, <laughs> I don't know. That's and he's a- like, when he's like doing it with his butt cheeks. <laughs> What is the Ace Ventura? I, it is Ace Ventura. That's right. That's right. Okay, cool. Well, anyway. We've done it again. We've done it again. I haven't asked you your butt hurt because I haven't asked you about what? The workout I did after our last podcast. That's because I don't think you did it because you posted later, can I do this in yeah. under 20 minutes? I was trying to drum up some motivation because you don't give me any. Well, there's the problem is that you need external motivation. I thrive off of external motivation. So I did the workout. Take a guess. Take a guess. It was Andy. For those listening, Andy yep. was 100. 2237. Hold on a second. Let me. Let me <laughs> yeah. 100 hang power snatch, 100 push press, 100 sumo della tie pull, 100 front squat. front squat at 65 pounds. And you severely overestimated my fitness. It was overestimated? Weird substantially it was. <laughs> that's, that's saying a lot because i don't i don't uh look to you for my fitness motivation so okay just a we'll back into this how long did it take do you want the spoiler you want the spoiler yeah let's just get it out there and then we can talk about the the we can unpack the that i was right basically is where we're going with this 2934. I fucking told you, dude. I'm like, okay, everybody, this is full disclosure why I 
am the most important piece of this podcast is that I know Jay's capacity better than he knows his own capacity. I am guilty of regularly overestimating my fitness. I stopped doing that years ago. I always undershoot now because I'm just like, I've been wrong too many times. I, that I, dude, I, uh, 400, you could, you could literally not tell me the movements or the loading and be like 400 reps on the barbell. I'm like 20 minutes minimum. <laughs> yeah. Somebody, like you said, I asked about it on my Instagram and somebody was like, that's, you know, a rep every two seconds or something. This was after I had done it. And I was like, okay, now I feel a little better about myself. So, but for the record, I did what I said I was going to do. I basically went in the garage, grabbed PVC, did 10 of each rep, put the PVC away, grabbed an empty barbell, did 10 of each rep. And at that point, actually, I was like, when I did it with the empty barbell, that's when that's when like, it first hit I'm me. I'm fucked. <laughs> yeah, I was, because I was like, let's do all 40 reps on broken, you know, 10 of each. And, th- and three of the movements in, before I had to rack the bar. <laughs> I like put it down. <laughs> I put, after the sumo de la time pose, I racked it before I did the front squats. So uh, I was like, this is going to be hard. Victory is on, sweet. Put the tens on, did five of each, rested a couple minutes, and then hit it. So it was, it was immediate. Immediately, I realized this was not going to happen. Although I wouldn't say it was quite immediately because I... I realized how hard the hang power snatch were going to be as I, as I went through it. And I'll explain a little more, but you kind of justify in your head. You're like, okay, but I'm going to go faster on the push press or I'm going to go faster on the front squat. And then you get there and you're like, Nope. <laughs> and by the way, if you're watching our video, I'm totally my, both my hands got rips on the pinky. So, now. I think that was- so this, this happened to me, um, very similar workout actually, uh, it, to some degree there was a regional workout this is 2000 and i think it's 2012 actually it was may, it may have been 50 of each but it no, was no, like that was pull-ups a, it, had, it had pull-ups wall ball snatch and i want to say pistols no there this is uh this was a regional workout but it was like there was a barbell movement it was like there was like back squat there was overhead squat but there was oh, pull-ups in between yeah. each that was a, yeah that was like a chipper i remember that one too And, uh, I similarly made that mistake. I totally overestimated my fitness and had a, uh, a meltdown and I had, and I had planned and I, cause I had done, I had practiced it twice before then and done way better. And then I was just like, all right, I'm just going to go for it. And then I, and then I, yeah, made a strategic error. And that's why I didn't make it to the games that year. (laughs) Well, so I, I, I kicked off the workout and I was like, okay, do 20 hang power snatch. And I did. And A, my heart rate went through the roof. I think part of it is if you don't warm up well, that sudden shock to your body is worse. And let me throw a couple other excuses out there. I did it outside in the garage. I had the garage door open. It was probably about 40 degrees. So I'm so nice. No, it's nice like, out. it's it was sunny, but it's cold enough that it burns your lungs. Listen, Texas just had a, f- a freeze, like where it's negative. So I don't want to hear about 40 degrees in Boulder. All right. I don't want to work out in Texas either outdoors, though. But it was nice enough that I was like, I'm not going to turn the heater on. I'm tired from the baby. And it was, I'm just not that fit. That's really my last excuse. I'm not good enough. But so I, I start off with 20. 
And it took about, you know, 35, 40 seconds. That's when you're just like, I'm going to do 50. And I'm like, I want this on video. <laughs> and I was just like, whoa, like, I'm not going to be ready to even imam this, which is what I would have to do if I did 20s. And so if you had plan A through Z, what plan did we eventually land on by the time you're finishing this workout? Uh, probably like somewhere in the W area. <laughs> <laughs> so w for what the fuck is happening right now what i would have done differently is not as gone i wouldn't have done 20 to kick off this i mean let me be honest if i were doing it in a, in a box other people doing it having an idea of where people were yes i probably could have shaved off two to four minutes you know just been a little bit better not feeling i mean i was having a nice little pity party in the middle of that workout feeling sorry for myself but I certainly wouldn't have tried to go with such a big chunk of 20. I would have done 10s like every 30 to 40 seconds. So I did 20 and then I stayed 10s for the next eight sets. And that I wasn't done with the hang power snatch until about seven minutes in. So once, once I did that was when I was like, okay, seven minutes in, four movements, 28 minutes. But again, that's when I started telling myself the story of, well, I'll make up some time on the front squats and I'll make up some time on the push press. And the truth of the matter is I figured, and I was, at, I was right about it and I'll talk about it, but the push press and the front squat were the easy parts. The snatch and the sumo del type were the challenge. The front squat was easy part? Relatively speaking, yes. I did how, did, how many sets did the, that take? So I, I, I didn't obviously write this down, but like I was saying, I did 20 and then sets of 10s for the snatch and I'm seven minutes in at least. And I'm like, and I kept saying, okay, you'll make it up. You'll make it up. Push press was the easiest by far. Push press. I think I did. I want to say twenties, a hand and handful of 15s and whatever the last set required 10. Maybe if you do the math, I forget. Um, and then the sumos, I did 10 sets of 10 straight about. Oh, really? Yeah. That's where I would have made up some serious ground on you. That's that's oddly where, like, I used to really be awful at that movement. Over the years, I've gotten, like, fairly good at it. I just, I just wasn't in it at that point. You quit. I didn't quit. I finished it. And no, then, but I mean, like, mentally, you've checked out, and you, you're like, I've quit this mentally. My body is still here doing the work, but mentally, I've, I'm doing other things at this point. <laughs> mentally, I was more like, this is going to be funny to talk about on the best hour of the day. And then, and then lastly, I think the front squats, I did like five sets of 20. And again, I could have pushed it to 25. I think the front squats, you probably could go 40, 30, 30 even. But I was right. just like, at that point, I was just like, be under 30 minutes. Yeah. And at 29, what? 29, 34. Oh, squeeze it in there. All right, well, well, I mean, and good. Bravo to you. Bravo to you did it. for, for finally it. doing, for finally doing what you said you were going to do. I want to give you, I want to, I want everybody to cheer you on to victory. I did it. I finished it. You know, and, and if you do the math, it's still not it's still a rep, like every four seconds or so. Uh, I four don't times think, four I don't think that's accurate. What's 1600 divided by 60. Uh, no, that's one rep every 30 seconds. <laughs> no, it isn't. 26.6, bro. No, you that is not a rep. 
<laughs> yes, it is. No, you're wrong. You're, I don't 1,600 know divided by 400? That's four. 1,600. Divided by 400 is No, four. you didn't say 400. You said something else. What'd you okay. say? So a rep every four seconds. Oh, my God. I mean, obviously, that's not super fast. No. Um, but it's not, it's not embarrassingly slow either. I'm embarrassed for you. Anyway, I did it, which lends itself into our topic of group management. We were going to talk about this the other day. We got talking about the girls. I might hit another one of those girls. I like them. It's it's, it's hey, don't hit girls. You have a daughter. It's fun to it's fun to like I said, just get in the garage and hit it. So let's talk about group management because what would that have meant if you didn't go into class? Like if I literally went into class saying, "Hey, this is a." 20 minute workout and that's how I approached it. And that's how I coached it. Oh, you're going to look like an idiot. You're going to look like an idiot. Your class is going to run over. And that's why you got to test your workouts. Because so, okay. For specifically for something like this, this one, you should at minimum do a, a, a dry run and do like a 50 just so that you could have a, a pretty good idea. Cause I would imagine if you did 50 reps of everything and you're done at like the 15 16 minute mark you're like holy shit this is definitely not a 20 minute workout yeah and i think that's an important subject right there you don't have to necessarily hit every workout to its fully you know programmed uh, you know degree you could just hit parts of i mean you could hit one round of a five rounder and you make some assumptions like a i'm not going to get faster with every round right like I'm slowly going to slow down. The transitions are going to take time. And I know we've both heard Castro kind of talking about that with game stuff. And, you know, a workout kind of morphs based on what one round looks like. What happens when we throw this in? We change the reps. Yeah. And actually, as you say that, when I was 50 reps in, in my mind, I was like, shit, I wouldn't be under 10 as we talked about. I mean, it would have changed some things. If you have 50 reps, knowing in the beginning all you're doing is 50. Right. right? You're a little bit more aggressive, but 100 changes the ball game, dude. Right. But when I was at 50 and I'm like three minutes in on those snatches, I was like, fuck, like there's no way I would even be under, even knowing it was 50s, I wouldn't have been under 10. So you, you have to, you have to hit the workouts or at least have some sort of reference. If you're buying programming from someone else, they're giving you that reference. They're telling you about what it should take. Even some of those, I mean, and, and nobody's perfect, right? So everybody makes these mistakes, but even some of those that, that come from, I've seen some stuff from people that know what they're doing, where I'll get the stimulus from them. I'm like, that's, I don't think that's accurate. And then I'll test and be like, it's definitely not accurate. It's off or, or it's looked at through the long, the wrong lens, potentially, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think sometimes those people forget, like maybe they're high-end athletes. A lot of the people putting out programming these days are better athletes and you know, there's, there's the expression of program for the best scale for the rest and preserving the intended stimulus. But at the same time, the best are not often games level athletes at your box, you're programming for the best at your box. So if a former games athletes putting out programming and hitting these workouts saying, Hey, here's what they should be shooting for. It's crazy inflated or right. Yeah. Like, like by large margins. Right. So that's why I always kind of you should, even if you're sell or excuse me, even if you're buying programming, you should still have a firm grasp of programming so that you could look at something and say, mm, that looks a little not correct. So when we think about group management, 
you know, I, I always tell people coaching CrossFit is like herding cats and you might have 10 cats in your class. You get nine of them there. One disappears. You pull that 10th one over. Another one disappears. What are some of your best tips? To, I mean, obviously, you know, we're kind of digging in, Hey, these are the things you should be doing ahead of class, which really is your lesson plan, right? If you don't show up to class with a one hour plan, including what we would tell you should be the whiteboard brief, the general warm up, the specific warm up, the workout, and a cool down, and maybe a handful of other things in there a, a bathroom break, a wad buildup, potentially enough time to clean, and, and you know, in this time. And, and, and that's a great example. You know, if, if I would have showed up, just looked at it 20 minutes, my class is running a minimum of 10 minutes over. Minimum, minimum, because you maybe more. Or, you know, like that's what you say, minimum. But the, the, with group management, and we've talked about this before, I'm pretty sure it, it's when people ask, like, hey, what's the thing that I could improve the fastest? It's group management. It's the thing that you could, because if we just replace group management with the term like show up prepared, it's the same thing. Organization. Right? Like organization, right? Like have a plan, do a lesson plan, think about your logistical, think about your logistical plan, have your, you know, your plus one plan that we've talked about before. You, you need to have your backups with regard to scaling options. Like all of that can be done prior to showing up to the class and you should be putting in some time until you get to the point where your skill set is such that it's not necessary. And even then you should still do it. My classes, some, I mean, admittedly, like there's some classes where I've coached, I don't know, probably north of 10,000 classes at this point. 10,000 hours, you got it in. But my classes are, in at least from my uh, point of view, noticeably uh, worse if I don't at least take 10 minutes to sit down and look and come up with a plan. Like if I walk in there and wing it, the members don't know it's still a good class and all stuff, but I know like the transitions are not smooth. Like I'll probably drop the ball on a scaling option that I want to throw in there. I'll probably miss up uh, something, you know, minor in the wad brief or something like that. So, you know, even if you've got hours underneath your belt, there is still, you're still going to miss some things if you don't show up prepared. Yeah, I've done that. I think everyone kind of, Look, if, if you've been doing this as long as we have, whether it's busy days or just laziness or lack of care for that class, you, you show up. And I can, I would say I can walk into any class at any box, look on the board, run and at a minimum run it on time. Like we're pretty right. yeah, good. Yeah. We're pretty good at Lindsay wants you to compliment her on that hair. Her hair, it's really long. Sidebar, you know, Is that it's working? Is, That's uh, not it's, yes. Yeah. Apparently. I don't know. Side part? A side did you were you rocking a side part before? Like, I always do like a side part. I don't ever do it down the middle. I look like a weirdo, but Jason was like, Is that her hair? And I was like, Of course. Yeah, I pay for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Extensions. She's, Extensions. It's, like it's a lot. It's a lot. This is a it's like an eighties music video now. <laughs> yeah, she's Tony Katane White Snake <laughs> dancing on the, the hood of a car. So but point is, yeah, I can walk into just about any class and run a decent class, but it's noticeable. A, if I do that and I coach more than one class in a row, there's a reason the second or third class are always better because I'm like, okay, right. I made that mistake. I realized <laughs> you got it. your shit together. Yeah. Yeah. But to this day, you, you guys know I coach at Ralston Creek CrossFit. Every, when I'm coaching, I'm currently on paternity leave, but when I coach, 
I have a lesson plan every single time. And I've been doing this longer than anyone listening to this podcast, as have you. The, so what's the number one mistake you think people make with regard to, um, to group management? I think, I think that is the number one mistake, not having a lesson plan. Although it's one of those like, hey, if you just do this, it's like the 80-20 rule. If you do this one thing, 80% of your solution is done for you. Right. Um, I, I, I wouldn't say the mistake back in the day it was, but like we kind of discussed already, enough people either have tested the workouts and or are getting programmed. So it's, it's a little bit easier, but that's probably the number. I mean, if we're talking about, hey, show up with this lesson plan, do it. But I'm more concerned, or at least want to dive into, what are some things we can be doing inside of class as well? You show up with your lesson plan. I'd say, second thing, show up on time, and that's 15 minutes. And of course, you have to make sure that's discussed with the owner because you should be compensated right. for those 15 minutes. And also, sometimes you coach back-to-back classes, and that's not necessarily possible. But it's like anything. If you wake up in the morning and you, you don't have to go and be rushed, you have a time to sip your coffee and you have time to kind of get your head right, you're going to have a better day. If you show up to class and you can start looking around, thinking about where things are going to get laid out, talking to the members as they come in. So you're also, you know, seeing who's in class, maybe preemptively discussing their scaling options. That's going to be super helpful as well. Yeah. I think one, one of the, big mistakes is is people will tend to mirror your energy and pacing so or i see lots and pe- lots of people just below timelines is transitions transitions are everything if you've if particularly in like a workout it's got four movements or it's a chipper or something like that the it, if you have five six different movements this workout that you were talking about earlier andy that's just we're just on the barbell so those are those transitions are i don't know as long as it takes you to say the next movement not very long but if you have something like the filthy 50 if you are not hustling on the transitions and really getting people to understand that we have to move expeditiously you could lose seven eight nine minutes just in transitions if you added them all up when you say transitions, are you referring to mid-workout or are you referring to like, get your equipment, let's warm this movement up? Everything prior, everything that's not the workout is my point. Right, because, and that goes for any workout. Obviously the filthy 50s, it's like, go get a box, go get a kettlebell, go get an empty barbell, go find your spot on the rig. You know, or do we have enough GHDs? Are we doing, you know, back extensions, et cetera. But even if you have a triplet, Spot on the rig, barbell, and a monostructural piece, you know, one of each, gymnastics, weightlifting, monostructural, you're, that's right there is three pieces. Right. So th- that's where, this is where the prep comes into so that, yes, we can do some things in class, but you could also do things, some things prior to class. So if it's like rowers, bikes, all that other stuff, it should be set. Um, and not necessarily have the floor set. So for instance, if you like boxes is one that can be a little sticky. Like I don't want to leave the boxes out on the floor so that I can't do some of my general warm up stuff. So what we'll do is we will push the boxes off to the side up against the wall typically. And then when we're ready to use them, we'll pull them out away from the pull up rig. And that way it's a very quick transition, but I'm not going to put them up and pull them out every single class each time, but I'm also not going to leave them on the floor in place every single time either. So, so I'm just going to have like a designated, like, you know, 
awful and it's just like wayne's world it's just like car like move the net off of the and then you know game on and then we bring it back on so so what's your thought on this i i've seen a lot of times and, and i've done it hey the 5 a.m basically pulls out the bulk of the equipment and then the you know 7 p.m basically puts everything away well i've told you how we manage that so that's not on the 6 a.m because then either the coaches to show up earlier or the classes run late right so you put it on the last class of the day right uh, and it's typically not, no, it's typically not the last class of the day. It's, it's the last coach. Okay. And, and, and it's typically rarely is like a coach doing it by themselves. Almost never. It sometimes happens. Like I've done it before, whatever, but the that's a team. Something that's, when class is there, almost always they help out. Right. Yeah. And it's just expected at this point. Like everybody knows the deal. And we've also told everybody, I'm like, if you are here and you're doing that, not only should you not do it by yourself, you should ask, you're expected to ask for help. So that they or don't feel like, oh, well, I can do it. I'm like, I know you can do it, but we can do it in three minutes versus 10 if we just all chip in here real quick. Right. Um, you, you can put those 12 rowers away and it's going to take you 10 easily. minutes or easily. we each grab one and we're done in a second. Right. So that's another one is just kind of like thinking about your class logistics. Um, the But what I'm talking about it with transitions is like, it's okay to let people know. Like what I'll recommend for new coaches is, you know, um, let's say you're just getting barbells, like whatever, getting barbells and moving. We've, we've broken from, let's say we're breaking from the uh, general warmup and we're going to the specific warmup and we are moving from whatever we were doing to some sort of barbell slash PVC work. So all right, everybody grab your PVC pipe, grab a barbell. I've left out something pivotal here, which is like, how quickly do I need that to happen? And if you're on a pretty finite time frame, it, it doesn't hurt. It actually is very beneficial, even if the timeline doesn't hold to say, all right, guys, grab a PVC pipe, grab a barbell. Let's make that happen in 60 seconds, right? That just puts a little pep in the step. And maybe you don't make it happen in 60 seconds. But the point is, had you not said that, it's going to be two and a half or three minutes because people are leisurely going around. Like they decide that like now the time to get like thumb tape or it's time to check email for whatever fucking reason or just people just randomly wandering around. I'm like, what are you doing, Ron? He was just like, I don't know. I just saw this thing. Yeah, I just like, I just, I don't know. I was just uh, checking out the foam roller rack over here. Is this new? And I'm like, I don't know how that's relevant. Like, let's go, bro. Like we got to go. So that stuff happens. So you need to express that we are in a hurry, but you don't have to be like a drill sergeant. That's where I see the mistake happen. So it goes from like nothing to like, all right, everybody hurry up. And I'm like, now you sound like a dick. Yeah. Just a little, that, that little pep in their step, which 60 seconds does. Hey, hey guys, let's do this quickly because we, you know, our, this workout is going to take us 20 minutes. Go. Right. Or like um, this happens in the general warm up all the time. So if you're doing like anything that would resemble some sort of line drills where you're just doing like general movement pattern stuff, you know, like lunges and, you know, inchworms and whatever, you know, butt kickers, all that stuff. And if you like, and if depending on what you're doing, people will just go into full blown conversations, at which point they're not moving at all. Right. So if you're watching this and you should be engaged, kind of like interacting with clients, either correcting them, the their movement or or just doing your just personal check-ins. If you see people are falling behind, like it's okay to be like, hey, let's talk and move. I don't care if you talk, but talk and move. Like we got things to do. Okay. And and they'll be like, oh yeah, sorry. Because they'll just be, they'll just go into a full-blown conversation at that point. Yeah, for sure. Like, what are you talking about? And they're like, oh, it's kids stuff. I'm like, do it over there. Like just keep moving. You asked, so that's, earlier, you asked earlier, what's one thing people can do better? And to me, 
this goes along with their lesson plan, of course. But assuming you're, sometimes you have a lesson plan and shit just goes crazy, like the general warm up takes longer. Or For sure, happens. that happens. But I would say if you have one pinpoint time in your class, it's when is the workout starting? Right. You know, whatever the case is, whatever the workout is, you know, obviously the implication there and the assumption is you know how long you're expecting. Obviously, nothing is more cringy to me than someone coaching an AMRAP that runs over. Because if you're, if you're coaching an AMRAP, it's like, I've seen, you know, I don't want to use any names or affiliates, but I've been in classes where like, you just watch the minute hand go by and you're like, boom, class has to run over now. Literally yeah. impossible unless you change the workout to less time. Like you have a 20 minute AMRAP, 30, at 30, at the latest 32, you're starting. And I would say, right, th that's the first thing you should do when you're creating your lesson plan. Like, how long is this going to take? What time do I need to start? Bump it up two minutes because you may lose those two minutes. And worst case is you have two extra minutes in the end of class, throw in a couple stretches. Typically the, the indicator that this is about to happen. And so, and this always drives me insane. So, and we've talked about this before. It's just like, I think I'm pretty sure I'll, I'll give James Hobart credit. He was just like, listen, dude, I don't care if the timeline is jacked. I care if you don't know why the timeline is jacked. So, and so this is one that I, that, that I, this is, it's just lack of awareness. Right. So like, and it's one of those things where like you look at it and I know they're going to run over if they're going through and we're 10, 15 minutes into the class and not once have they glanced at their watch or the clock to see what time it is. Because I know right now I'm like, how could you possibly know if you're on pace, if you've not checked the time you don't have like this inner, you know, fucking metronome in your brain, like yeah, telling you exactly where you are. You could tell if the class is going to go over. I would argue based on the whiteboard brief, not only because you're going to get some key indicators of like what the expected stimulus is, but if someone's talking too much at the whiteboard brief, cause that's who runs over like newer coaches don't run over because they're trying to coach too much. It's the more experienced <laughs> no. coaches that, that want you to know a, how much they know and think you need to know it all in this one hour. Like for example, that workout, Andy, we got hang power snatch, push press, sumo del of typo, and front squat. I can teach all of those in like three hours and, and give you some great nuggets. Or I can all say- All three of the four movements have progressions that you should yeah. teach them in. <laughs> or I can say, okay, which one, especially having done it, like the hang power snatch is going to take the most time. So do we try to get more efficient there? I think there's a lot to be gained on the sumo del of typo. We don't practice it often. It's going to translate to the hang power snatch. And, you know, it's three quarters into the workout. So I'm going to pick one of those and take 10, 12 minutes in my specific warm-up. The others are going to get the, all right, guys, give me a dip drive, go. You know, give me a down-up front squat, go. And we're doing this. It's the code. That seems, a little, that seems a little long, 12 minutes for one, I'll be honest with you. Okay, I didn't think it through yet. But the point is, <laughs> I'm, what I'm not going to do is teach you everything I know about all four movements today, knowing, you know, if this were a 20 reps for time, yeah, maybe we're going to spend 20 to 30 minutes coaching those four movements. And then I expect you to crush it, but this is a well, reps for time. So, and this is just something to consider, which is when trying to figure out how to allocate time, it, it, it is worth looking at and, and determine and, and just acknowledging context, right? If it's a hundred, the automatic assumption is that this is 75 pounds or less 
typically less, at which point just the lack of loading in that scenario, because that's as heavy as we're going to go. Most people will be moving an empty barbell. The lack of loading will reduce any risk of injury going in there, at which point, like, do I need a hundred warmup reps? No, I need 10 to 12 of each. That means I'm getting 48 reps in, in the, in the warmup prior to going. And then we should be going right from an empty barbell to our working weight. And maybe I put more into the sumo deadlift high pull, right? Maybe I get like three to four reps of each progression. And then I get seven or eight full reps in there, depending on how the class is. But where I'm going with this is you should be able to take a look at the workout and immediately pick one or two of the movements that get the bulk. And it is typically the more complex, the bulk of the coaching, the bulk of the reps, because they're typically going to go wrong more frequently um, or run the higher risk of injury. So from a, from a, group management standpoint, that is something that I want to be able to kind of look at that. If I am going to go teach all four movements back to back, and let's just say I allocated 16 minutes and you're just like four, 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 right? Maybe it's not four, four, four. Maybe it's like I do three for the front squat because it's the last movement. They're already 35 reps in and annoyed. And at that point, I'm pretty sure they're good to go. So maybe I'm in the push press is going to be a little bit faster. Maybe I take out the dip drive slow and I just do a dip and hold a dip drive and then a dip drive press. And then we go to the hang power snatch. We do uh, whatever uh, dip drive shrug. And then we do a muscle snatch and then we go overhead. Okay, cool. And then we do the sumo duff typo. And maybe I do run that one the, in the actual progression of sumo deadlift, sumo duff shrug slow, sumo duff shrug fast, and then the full movement. So well, an interesting point you're making too, when it comes to group management is not being tied to something because yeah, the, you know, the, the push press and the sumo della typo have a level one progression link to it, but that doesn't mean right. you have to do that every time. Well, I think you go going back to what you mentioned before, and this is a Jocko thing, discipline, creates freedom if i'm doing them all the time if i do them 99 times out of 100 here it's totally appropriate to not do it because they fucking know the progression already like everybody in there knows the deal and i just be like hey we're gonna skip part of this today because we're in a hurry and the light the light the load is super light that's fine and now everybody's like okay we're gonna move a little bit faster right this load and then i again i've 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 expressed multiple things here which is like we're going to move a little bit faster that's why we're taking a piece of the progression out and we're moving faster because the load is light so they're just like the load is light it should be light but it should be ripping out 25 30 reps at a time here um or something like that so i think you know and some of this just comes with experience like we do have to acknowledge that but most of what we're talking about is just preparation do you have a lesson plan have you determined what is the drop dead start time and are you pay, paying attention to the clock? There's nothing wrong. And I've done this many times where I have a plan and I immediately realize I'm not going to get all of this in in order to have a appropriate start time. So in there, I've predetermined what needs to go. Well, I would, I would have that as, and I think that's a good place to be for this episode. You know, we have three things that you just said. You said, do you have a lesson plan? Do you have a drop dead start time? And what was your third thing? The I've predetermined, like if I need to cut something out, I've predetermined what can be removed. Right. So that might, you know, I would almost say that's like one and then one A, which is, do you have a lesson plan? And then A, you know, are you aware enough? You had said, are you checking the clock? That was, checking the clock. Yeah. Right. But one A would be, do you have a lesson plan? And the point of the lesson plan is, okay, so if things do go wrong, do I know where I can make those audibles and changes? So if we yeah, were- where can I buy time? 
So three, where can I get time back? Yeah. Right. Three things for the listener would be have a lesson plan, have your drop dead start time for any workout, and then be checking in on the clock to make sure you're running in a timely fashion on time in accordance with the lesson plan. This is an interesting topic because like at a deeper level, because this comes up a lot, right? So level ones, level twos, there's a lot of people who are like, I need coach development, but I can't get it at my gym, which I'm empathetic to, right? Like not everybody has access to somebody who's going to give them feedback and all that stuff. And, and, and I want them to get that feedback. However, we can't acknowledge the, we can't go, we can't skip over the fact that realistically you can be your own coach right? Like you can give yourself feedback, but not if you don't have a lesson plan, right? So like, how do I get evaluated? Well, I evaluate my effectiveness on this plan that I created, right? Like that is my own personal feedback. I was supposed to be here at 17. I'm there at 15. What did I leave out? Or I'm there at 23. What went wrong? And then how can I adjust that moving forward? Well, and like the, the lesson plan isn't, isn't there for the sake of having a lesson plan. It's a measuring stick. Yeah, if you're running more than one class in a in a in a row or over the course of a day, a we're assuming you're showing up with a lesson plan. But by the end of the day, I want to see notes on that lesson plan. Like, okay, move this gen- the uh, this workout for example. I know we're only using one workout, but Andy would have a longer specific warm up than general, perhaps because right. there are four pieces to it. And if you went in there thinking, and because it's a longer workout. Right. So if you went in there thinking 10, 10, by the end of the day, I want to see if I want to see that adjusted to five and 15, five for the general 15 for the specific. And here's another like thing that you can do is, and I regularly do this. And sometimes I'll get, I'll, I'll, uh, if I have like back to back to back classes, which isn't that rare, but like, it's not uh, uncommon to do back to back. And then what I'll do is I'll have the lesson plan. And then I'm, I like to pretty stay pretty rigid to that lesson plan. I'm like, I want to have this start time. And then I'll, if I was going to do three back to back and I'm like, could I do them all on the exact same timeline, regardless of class size and time of day. And that's how I'll gauge my effectiveness because this goes back to something that Joe Alexander, you know, kind of expressed to me years ago, which is like, Hey, true mastery really is expressed when we talk about your ability to contract or expand information based on the demographic that you're working with, or based on the scenario that you're presented is like, Hey, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Can you still make this timeline unfold at your will? That is when I think you get into true mastery. And this is like how you can really, really start to measure your group management. This is like, Hey, if you had a class of five and a class of 17, does it still go the same? Like, are you just maybe getting more reps in on these people, but the progression doesn't change to spend the exact same amount of time there. And the, the amount of cues that I give is right on par with the class, but like it was just given to less people because of the sheer quantity, but I still started at 32 and it executed the class and it was all the same. I'm like, that is something that starts to resemble mastery in my opinion. Right. Because if you have more people, that doesn't change your start time. If anything, you need to now be done potentially a little earlier because there's more of a clusterfuck at the barbell rack or the bumper plates when you're putting stuff away. So you need to be on top of that. I, you know, and, and, and that and that brings up another question we just talked about before, which is, you know, if that is a constant hang up for you, maybe you should store your stuff differently. 100%. But now we're digging into something super deep. So point is, and here's what I would, let's wrap it up with this. You know, we talk about the ideal class experience and affiliate you and evaluations and evaluating others. 
if you're listening and you're a coach and you're not getting feedback or you're a coach that just wants more feedback, create your own ideal class experience. What does that look like? But give it yes, no answers like you and I always talk about, make it binary. So, you know, some members sitting there, hey, can you watch me and make sure I'm doing this right? You know, did I follow the timeline? Did I use everyone's name three times? You know, did the class end on time? And you can evaluate your own class that way. You're not going to get feedback on stylistic stuff or did right. you do good cues or did people move better? But you'll get some basic general feedback, which for many people is, is more than they're currently getting. So yeah. show up with a lesson plan, you know, be ready to make changes as, as needed, have that drop dead start time and check in on your class, make sure you're running on time. And that's going to be a better class through group management. All right, Fern, I want to see you hit Andy. Not fit enough for that. I think you could be under 20. I mean, I'm definitely faster than you. That's a foregone conclusion. I like just grinding workouts like that, though. I might go do it right now. I'm, you Really? Maybe. How much Dude. time? I got, I got 30 minutes, so probably not. Go right now. That's what I had. My traps are pretty <laughs> freaking sore today, though. I'll tell you what. So, all right, Fern, another great episode. We hope that helps you guys a little bit on group management. Um, if you have questions for us, we're always game best hour of their day at gmail.com, but we also answer all of your questions on Patreon. So if you haven't checked out our Patreon, please do so patreon.com forward slash best hour of their day for some awesome bonus episodes. Peace. We're out of here. So you never miss an episode of the podcast, subscribe to our YouTube channel and on all major podcasting platforms at best hour of their day. Thank you so much for tuning in and for being a part of the best hour of our day. See you next time.